that you've got to have all the elements. You've got to have the good food, the good service, and in an interesting environment. Good morning everyone, I'm Sammy, this is Better Me TV. We're here at Satchel's interviewing the man himself on how he makes that delicious pizza, spreads his business with social media, and how he believes that he could change the podcasting world for better. So we went online and we checked out uh, Satchel, we checked out your website, we checked out your Twitter, checked out your Facebook, and it's really, really interesting today you can see a whole business identity from the web. Some of the most amazing like facts that I read and what I gained is that a huge cost is the wage of your employees and you really believe in treating your employees right. You even said that over 50% of the cost is going to those um, employees' wages. That's right. And really, like one of the most important business models for you is having happy employees, low turnover rate, and really having the most important ingredient being love in your business. So we really wonder how does a business based on, based on love come into fruition? So I just started out doing what I like to do, which is is making pizza and trying to make good pizza. And then I'm a little OCD, so I'm always looking at all the details around and saying, well, this could be cleaner and this could look better. And then it and, and it just progressed over time into like more people coming and more people. And I'm like having to hire people. In the first in the first few years, I was it just felt like I was just hiring people every week and training people and trying to get enough staff to be able to handle the the business as it grew. Um, it, and it wasn't right away. I mean, it took months to really grow into to that. But I mean, even right away, I was hiring people. But it it started expanding after like the first year, you know, at a, at a at a fast pace. If I had come into this and had to have thirty or forty employees right away, and and a, I don't I couldn't have done it. But because I was able to come in and and just have a, a few uh, customers. It was able to grow over time, and, and I was able to learn to handle it. I see businesses open up, and they'll have 30 or 40 employees, and you know it's hard to manage that sort of a thing. But because we're out here in the middle of nowhere and nobody knew about us, we were able to start off real small and then grow into what we are now. So it was more, more of an organic process of how your business grew and how one thing led to another is more of a create as you go instead of a strict structure. Yeah, well, I didn't have any sort of a plan uh, in place. I mean, my plan was just to make pizza. I mean, I knew how to make pizza. I knew we could make <laughs> yeah. good pizza, and that was really the plan. But then as, as, as time became available between lunch and dinner, I was able to do other things. Like, I would even, you know, be working in the kitchen, and then I would stop and paint something that I need to be painted, you know, between lunch and dinner, and then clean up and keep working. So there was a lot of, I spent a lot of time putting money back into the business and trying to make the business better. I mean, I feel like for for years, almost all the money went back into the business because this is what I was doing now, this is my life, and so it was the place I wanted to put my investment back into, you know, because I liked it and I want to be here. And so it's kind of like being at home. Like if you're at home and you want to fix up your house, whatever money you make, you fix up your house with. Well, if this is your house, your business is like your house. I mean, I have a house and I have a family and everything, <laughs> yeah, but... But I think the more you put back into your business, the more the business has potential to grow, you know? And you also invested a lot of your time and your energy and 
built up this place as sort of your art studio in addition to being your business? There's so many creative projects to do around here that now there's a couple other artists that work as well. And so I might have ideas for things artists can do and then they're able to carry it out. I can't carry out all the projects I want to do. I have so many things I want to do around here, there's no way I could do them all. So that's why I've hired other artists to help make that my dream a reality. And then they get a lot of experience as well, you know, making art and in a public space and making sure it's safe and clean and all the things that have to go along with, you know, being in a public space. As an artist, I always was interested in trying to make a living, so it's great now that I can hire other artists and help them make a living, you know. To, to remain authentic to your vision, how did you sort of maintain that pretty intimate uh, relationship with your audience and with your customers? The thing about Facebook, I've never been a big fan of Facebook as far as uh, uh, something I use because um, personally, because when I, because of who I am, people know me, and so I get a lot of friend requests. So I I always agree, you know, I always friend these people. Yeah, and so with them. over you know probably fifteen hundred personal friends, I when I go to the feed, I can't, I just can't manage the feed. I don't. It's just too much stuff to look at, and that's what I. So I but I use it as a place to be able to get out anything about our business. I'll go there and I'll post, but I don't really spend too much time. Um, looking at other people's posts and I, I wouldn't mind I just would have to figure out how to get that feed down to, to I mean honestly it'd have to be 20 or 30 for me to like be able to even manage it since we do have a lot of fans on Facebook like 16,000 a lot of them I don't even think live here but it has been an easy way for me to say oh I'll go to this platform and post a picture of what you know because I'm here already and it's simple enough to be like oh that's cute take a picture and then post it and so it really becomes just part of my regular routine it's easy enough it takes moments just to you know post something that's going on and then it kind of feeds out to so many people and and then the platform i really like is twitter because i can follow just who i want to news sites or whatever podcasts and i can really quickly get a, a read on headlines and so that's been a fun place for me i i'll use it I, it's hard to figure out how to be creative uh, in a business sense and it's easier to connect to people in a smaller sense that way and then with like Instagram I, I think Instagram's one of my favorite platforms as well because I only follow you can I just follow so many people and so then I can actually once a day catch up with everybody that's posted anything and so I really like the photography that's really fun so it, it's easy for me there again too to see something in my day and that that's my that's my feed you know it's not like I have another one that's for me and one for the business I mean the two are the same so so I'm able to you know so those things are just kind of an easy integral part of what I'm doing in the day if I see a picture or I've got something that'll be good for Twitter and figured out for me how those those different platforms um, really work I know there's people that'll put one put something out it'll go to all of them or whatever but I really prefer like I think they're all so different you know when I the the, the things I've got to say to to the Facebook fans are kind of this broad general thing and Twitter it's more of a little personal funny experience and with and with and with Instagram I can just take take pictures that I think are nice and they don't always have to be about work you know as anybody likes to see nice pictures so those things just fit into my life do you have a formula for how you create your pizza or is each one created uniquely do you create each pizza or do you oversee the creative direction how does how does that work as far as um, the famed Satchel's Pizza? There's a lot to it. It's got to, the dough's got to be right, made right, and, and 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 that's the start. And then it's got to be proofed to its to where it's ready. Like if it's not proofed, if you made the dough in the morning using it at night, it's going to be 
tough and kind of flat. But if you wait the right amount of time until it's doubled in size, you get this nice crispy, fluffy pizza. So we're, there's always this challenge to know how busy we're going to be and say how much dough should we proof and we don't want to overproof it. So there's that. that's a part of it and we talk about that a lot in the kitchen like how's your dough looking. But then it's got to be stretched just right so that it's not too thick on the ends or it'll be too thin in the middle or, too, or the crust is too small because we make the dough a certain size so the crust has to be just right. So I spend a lot of time with the guys that are stretching the dough to make sure they get it, get it right. And then, then it's got to have the right amount of sauce the right amount of cheese and the right amount of toppings and it's got to be cooked just right in turn. So there's all these moving parts and if all of them aren't right then you won't get the best product. Um, and so I am, I mean I spent nine years, the first nine years in the kitchen every night making pizzas. In the beginning I thought I would make every single one but as it got busier, I mean now we have, you know, we'll have three pizza makers and an oven person tonight. You know, I know we have good ingredients and, and even if they're you know they get close to everything being right it, the pizza should turn out good but I'm always trying to dial it into that one place where look that's a little too heavy on your cheese and, and, it's, and it's soupy or you don't have enough toppings on there we need to, to give some more toppings so that they get something on every slice or every bite even really you can tell when the pizza comes out it's all right there is it cooked right is it soupy is it when you cut it is it crispy is the dough fluffed up does it have the right amount of toppings so I spend a lot of time watching those pizzas come out and just from that I can see where the where it was it was where it was cooked I can tell if it was where it was topped I can tell if it was where it was stretched you know overstretch it and then you're trying to shrink it back down and you get this real you can pick up a slice and it'll just it'll just go down and so I'll do that all the time I mean every night I'll go hey look at this and I'll pick it up and they'll see it sloop I'm like we've got to work on that not overstretching that dough so that it's the right size but then when it's right and you pick it up and it's like a board that's where you want to be they're they're really good I mean the people that we have a great staff and they've been here a long time so you know when everybody's really good and we do a lot of cross training so you might be a guy that just cuts pizzas but eventually you're gonna be stretching pizzas and making pizzas and so we try to have everybody doing different positions during the week according if it's slow you might be doing something you're new at and if it's busy, you, you're going to be doing what you you know the most. And so that really helps get a, a very well-trained staff when everybody knows how to do everything. And it takes a long time. There's a learning curve there, but um, you know we just have to make sure that they're that we're invested in them and that they're going to be around because you don't want to spend all this time and then they leave. So that's why it's important to make sure they get paid well and to make sure they're happy because that's what makes the product in the end. You might come and it might be, oh, zany place, so fun, but then you're like, this food kind of sucks. And then that, you know, the, you've got to have all the elements. You've got to have the good food, the good service, and in an interesting environment. It seems like you've been putting your energy towards podcasting and partnering, um, or at least speaking, with startup. So how did you sort of get into all that? I don't remember exactly when I got into the podcasting thing. It was early on. I mean, This American Life's been around a long time, and I've been listening to them for a long time. But when podcasts started coming out, I mean, I listened to, I've listened to so much music in my life, and I have a great music, but as the podcasting came out, I started listening to talk radio for a while. And I would listen to Rush Limbaugh, and I hated him, but I just liked listening to the the news so as the podcast came out it was really great because it gave me something to listen to besides something that I hated listening to that was just different and um, so I found different podcasts that I like there's so many different ones out there now and they're all free I spend a lot of time in the car driving around running errands and things I'm also in my studio a lot so I like listening to them 
the Alex Bloomberg when he he had uh, he was on This American Life for a long time. I heard him on Planet Money, and then he started his own company. So as soon as I heard that startup one. I was like, I got to talk to him. I had this idea where there should be an app where you can donate to all your favorite podcasts at once. Um, I spent a long time because I realized when Stitcher came out, I was able to, it was, it was revolutionary for me because all the podcasts would get updated um, week, you know, all the time. But with the, but people, they'll do Kickstarters to get money or they'll ask for donations or you have to go to their website. But if I listen to 20 different podcasts, I'm not going to go to each one of those and put in my credit card information and get just to give them five or ten bucks. And so I thought if you could just give fifty bucks, or, you know, or what a one amount, and you spread it between all the ones you like, and you could just hit PayPal, and then boom, they're all getting paid. That would really help the podcast industry because one of the problems they have is they have to have sponsors and they have to try to make money. And how do you monetize what you're what you're doing? And so I got so excited about this idea and I had a friend of mine uh, in Colorado that was helping write the code. And we were working on the I, Icon app and we had been into it about six or eight months when his podcast came out. And I realized that we didn't really have the team or the money to make this happen. But with him trying to raise money for a podcast business, I'm like, this is the guy that can make this happen. Let me you know, tell him what I'm doing and he can kind of take what we've started and make it work. And so I kept, I contacted him on Twitter and then I wrote him an email and then he wrote me back and said he'll get back in touch with me later. He was busy. And then, you know, I wrote him another email or two weeks later. And then, and then out of the blue, um, they, they call me one day and I want I'm thinking he wants to talk about my app idea, but he just wants to talk about the business because in the email I put my website on there to show him that I, you know, I had a business going on. And so he liked the website and then called me to talk about you know, starting my own business. And so that was just, I mean, that was just luck. Like, I think most people that reach out to somebody like that wouldn't be able to get a response. He's got such a huge following. But somehow he liked the, the restaurant website and he felt like you know, I was doing something creative. And so since he was trying to do something creative, he thought maybe we could relate on this fact that you know, here I'm an artist trying to have a business and he felt kind of the same way. Last night there was a woman here from Ohio. She was here for a conference. She had heard me on Startup Podcast and she's like, we're going to Gainesville. I gotta go there. And everybody at her conference was going to Harry's. And so she got two defectors to go with her to this place she had never been to, okay. but she had heard on the podcast. And so that, you know, it's just a few customers and I'm not, it's not like I need the customers, but it's an interesting way to connect with people outside of just Gainesville. It's, I think it's really awesome and great for our listeners to hear that really anything is possible and you can't be uh, afraid to message someone because they have uh, 237k followers on Facebook. Right, you know? right. Um, if you have an idea and you believe in it and you follow it, you know, it's, um, it's possible.